Chut, chut, everybody. Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm Drew Gretsch. And I'm Yvonne Siva. And today we have all the news from Star Wars Celebration. We have all the news from Celebration. We're also talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Season 1, Episode 3, Part 3. Um, so we're going to talk about all that stuff, but first, I really wanted to get on here and talk about the... Uh, horrid treatment by the Star Wars quote-unquote fans, as Ewan called them, of their treatment of Moses Ingram, who, who of course, playing Reva, the the third sister in Kenobi. I'm sure you guys know what's happened, but in case you haven't, um, Moses Ingram, on, on Monday, she... Sent, she posted screenshots of several Instagram DMs sending her incredibly racist and hate-filled messages. I'm not going to read them because just looking at them sickens me to my core and I can't read them here on the show. If, if, you wanna, if you want to read them, you can Google them. I'm sure you can find them. But I'm not going to talk about those here on my show. These people who do this, I fully agree with Ewan. They are not Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it seems like Disney and Lucasfilm are learning from their mistakes when they did not get in front of it and um, and defend actors like Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Kelly Marie Tran, when they were being attacked and harassed online by Star Wars, quote, fans. Mm-hmm. And they just came out right, right on set. I think it was on Tuesday. Something along the lines of, um, there are 20 million sentient species in, in the galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. Um, and then it was just support for Moses and her work in, in the series. And the end, and they ended it with something really interesting. If anyone, we're not interesting. I should say just good. They ended it by saying, if anyone intends on making Moses feel in any way unwelcome, we have one thing to say: we resist. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I, I love that. And some people. Geeks and gamers, I'm just going to say it's people like geeks and gamers are saying Disney's attacking us for having opinions. Being racist is not an opinion. No. Like I, it, it, it is an opinion, but it's a clear line between what is racist and what is not. Mm-hmm. And having a valid criticism of... Moses's portrayal of Riva, and and I thought that she was a bit over top in the first episodes, but I, I thought she was great in this moment, most recent one. Okay, you know that's not saying anything about her other performances. That's not saying anything about her as a person. That's just saying that's having a valid criticism. That's what online discussion should be. Mm-hmm. And there are also people who are comparing it to Gina Carano and that whole situation from last year. Here's why those two things are different. 
is what Gina Carano was doing violated the Lucasfilm social media policy. And Pedro Pascal has done that also. And you can tell from their own personal social medias that they're on completely opposite sides of the political spectrum. Gina Carano was repeatedly told by Lucasfilm, you need to stop. You need to stop if you want to continue working here. And she gave him the finger and she kept doing it. And she was fired. And Disney had every right to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember who, someone had this really great um, perspective on it. I, I think it was John Campia who said, this is what I'm going to compare it to. If you are going to stand out on a street corner and yell insults about my mother, that's fine. You have the right to do that. But I do not have to welcome you into my home. Valid point. It's a great point. That's a great way to put it. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Peter Pascal is on the same thing. But he stopped. And Gina Caron... I, I'm shocked that I even have to say why these things are not even remotely similar in any capacity. She was attacking people in the Star Wars community. And again, Pedro Pascal did the same thing. But again, he stopped. Most Ingram was attacked by people in the Star Wars fan base. Mm-hmm. Quote, fan base. So we here at Tuscan Radio and another Marvel podcast unabashedly stand with Moses Ingram. We stand with her no matter what. And if you have an invalid complaint about the character, meaning I'm black or cushy black. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have that voice. But if, if it's something like that, I don't want you to listen to the show. If half my listeners feel that way, I hope half the listenership goes down. And the other thing, not being racist, not being sexist, not being homophobic, equal rights, that's not, that's not politics. No, that's just that, being a decent human being. That's being a decent human being. It's not politics. I'm not saying you have to be best friends with everybody, but uh, detracting someone's value because of something that they cannot control, that's not politics. So that's what I, I wanted to say there. We stand with Moses Ingram, mm-hmm. no matter what. I mean, un, un, unless we found out that she, she's done some really ho- horrible things, but I don't, I don't think she has. She seems like a wonderful hu- human being from the clips that I've seen of Celebration last weekend. But we stand with her, and I feel like a good 97% of the Star Wars fan base stands with her. Mm-hmm. So, Yvonne, is there anything that you want to add to that before we talk about Star Wars? No, I mean, just 
the fans need to be better, more accepting of like anybody that turns into these roles just because you don't like the character doesn't mean you have to attack the actor. Exactly. And that, that goes back to 1999 with Thanos. You know, there, there is this impactful um, video from a couple of years ago of Ahmed Best, like 15 or 20 minutes long. And he tells a story of the fan backlash was so bad that I almost killed myself. So this has been going back so, so far, even to the prequels, the beginning of the prequels. So I think it's different where they're not like, and then that is a problem, Star Wars fan base. I remember a couple years ago, someone um, tweeted at Jumboyega, like, give us the episode nine trailer. You owe us after that trash movie in 2017. And I don't think they're right. The Last Jedi is trash. I actually quite like that movie. Um, <laughs> John Boyega responded with, bro, I'm just an actor. Get angry at the right department. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but just don't, don't be racist. Yeah. Be a decent human being. Be a decent human being. Don't, and another thing I love in there, don't choose to be a racist. Because something we were talking about earlier, some people's excuse is, it was just how I was raised. It was the, it was the community and the environment I grew up on, I grew up in. Okay, be better. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, try harder, be better. Yeah, don't have prejudices. Don't it's, have prejudices. It's easy. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. Um, reading these comments made me ashamed of the fandom. And again, it's probably just like not even 3%. It's probably not even 3%. But it, it made me sad. It made me sad to read these messages and to see the way that the, that the, the other like 97% of the fan base has rallied around Moses and the way that Lucasfilm is speaking out against this. And the way that, and what Ewan said the other day, did, did you see the video that, that Ewan put out? I saw they put out a video, but I didn't watch it. Okay. Um, just don't, just don't suck. This is really what I'm going to say. You just, just don't suck. Um, but yeah, but we're going to have a, a long show tonight. We got to keep it moving. Um, we spent 10 minutes on this and I was only planning to spend like four or five, um, yeah, just just don't suck. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk all about Star Wars Celebration. We're gonna start off with the um, with the Lucasfilm panel here. Brian, I'll, I'll turn my, my screen so you can see it. Um, first thing, well, first thing we're gonna talk about new series was announced. Star Wars Skeleton Crew. I'm gonna read this directly from um, StarWars.com. John Watts and Chris Ford relayed a few details about their recently announced series, confirming it will star Jude Law and debut in 2023. Called Star Wars Skeleton Crew, the series will center around a group of children lost in space and be set in the Ahsoka and the Mandalorian timeframe. It's the story of their journey trying to find their way home, Watts said. 
but he also conveyed one important aspect of the series. It stars four kids, but it is not a kid's show. Mm. Which makes me super excited. So it looks like this is going to be a show that's going to tie in with The Mandalorian, tie in with The Book of Boba Fett, tie in with Ahsoka. Jin's going to be a dad to so many children. Jin's going to take in more, more kids and more kids. It's just, it's just a cycling through. Once he finds... Once he finds the place to put them, like six more come in. But let's, let's talk about the thing that excites me most. Jude Law is joining Star Wars. I freaking love Jude Law. I, I mean, he's already proven he's, he can do a lot of great stuff in his, um, in his, in like other big franchises. I mean, he, he played young Rog in Captain Marvel. Uh, I think his Dumbledore is fantastic. I so the the Secret Dumbledore is out on um, HBO Max now, and I rewatched it the other day. He's great in that movie. I love his Dumbledore, so I can't wait to see what he brings to Star Wars Universe with Skeleton Crew coming out next year. Can't wait. So this was the Grammar Rodeo series. This was the Grammar Rodeo series. Um, yeah, I just can't wait for Skeleton Crew. Yvonne, what are your thoughts on Skeleton Crew and? What do you want to see from the show? Well, it was just going to be kids finding their way home. There's going to be so many, like... There's some concept art, too, that I'm going to show on. Yes, we have... Really, we have a pretty cool look, ship right look, here. Looks like a... Looks like two humans, a Twi'lek, and some other race. Yeah, this, look, this looks like a Twi'lek right here. We got, looks like we got two humans. I mean, this could be a human, just... Hair this could be their hair is blow, blowing in the wind. It looks like... It, it, is I don't know if it's I don't think it's an Ugnot, but what if that's like Frog Lady? I mean, you know, you know that 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 looks cool. That looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this ship looks awesome too. So yeah, so this show is gonna be like, and because this was Grammar Road, and we did talk about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Kids get lost in space. It's gonna be reminiscent of one of those classic '80s Amblin Entertainment movies, things like The Goonies, uh, things like ET. I can't wait for it. I, I hope, and I, I love that what John Watts said. It stars four kids, but it's not a kid's show. And I think John Watts has done a really great job with his Spider-Man movies. Showing, like, t- particularly with No Way Home. Mm-hmm. With telling really adult, complex tales with a much younger cast. So I'm really excited that, to see the this show. It's already jumped, jumped up super high on my anticipation list not as high as like mandalorian season three or ahsoka or the acolyte but i cannot wait for skeleton crew comes out next year on disney plus so moving on from that to the mandalorian they did talk about the mandalorian at the lucasfilm uh studio panel um uh this past thursday so here's what they said, and I'm going to read this directly from Sars.com too. John Favreau and Dave Filoni br- brought some Ahsoka and the Mandalorian surprises, which will premiere and return in 2023, respectively. So we're going to get the Ahsoka premiere next year, as well as Mandalorian Season 3. Hmm. Taking the stage together, Favreau first took a moment to thank Kathleen Kennedy for her support on all of their series. The best producer in the world, we couldn't have done it without Kathy, he said. Asked how Ahsoka... Currently in production, is progressing. Filoni expressed his excitement. 
In my opinion, everything is going great, he said. We are super fortunate to have Rosario Dawson fronting this. She is just everything I could hope for her to be. While Dawson couldn't attend Star Wars Celebration, that's total BS. She, she was there. Uh, she was there, I think, on Saturday or Sunday. Favreau and Filoni played a video message from the actor in full Ahsoka costume from the set. Hmm. Uh, Dawson said, I'm pretty excited to be filming Ahsoka here for all of you to be released next year. She said, so maybe next time. It was also announced, Bo-Katan will be back. Actor Katie Sackhoff emerged to cheers, teasing future action on The Mandalorian. I may have some unfinished business, she said. They featured a Mandalorian season three sneak peek, which has not been released to the public. Play just for the room, a look at season three featured Mando, Grogu, Bo-Katan, Grief Karga, and much more. I, I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgressions, Din Djarin said in the preview, hinting where the story might take us. Hmm. Favreau left fans with, with the news that they get to see costumes and props from the Mandalorian in a special exhibit at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022. This is a big thank you from all of us to all of you, he said. So let's take a look back at this um, season three sneak peek. Um, so uh, yeah, so we have a, a, a we have a sequence of Din Djarin talking to the armor. So we, we know that Emily Swallow is returning for season three mm-hmm. after being in season one. I don't think she was in season two. I don't think she was uh, in season two at no, all. No, she was in Boba Fett. Yeah, she she, she she popped up in um <coughs> in the the book of Din Djarin. Um, <laughs> yes, um, a brief cut to a totally different show. Yeah. Again, I, I still quite like Book of Fat. I don't know a lot of people didn't, but... I like it's a, I think it's a fun show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, we learn in Book of Fat that you can only be redeemed for taking off your helmet in sort of the holy waters beneath Mandalore. And it looks like that's what we're going to get in season three. And there was uh, an image taken that I, I can't show here because it wasn't officially released, but... Bo-Katan was sitting on the Mandalorian throne that we previously saw characters like, I mean, her own sister, mm-hmm. Satine. Yeah, Darth Maul. Maul. Uh, did Pre-Vizsla sit in that chair at all? I feel like he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Favreau's character, even. Because the, the John Favreau voiced <laughs> Pre-Vizsla. I, f- I feel like he did. But if he didn't... He, he was probably still a puppet under... Under Maul. Or Dooku. Or whoever. <laughs> the Clone Wars is complicated. Yeah, but I mean, Bo-Katan is gonna, and and she she looks at Grogu and says something along the lines of, "You didn't think your dad was the only Mandalorian, did you?" Or or something to that effect. Again, I was on Celebration, but I read some descriptions and heard stuff from people there. So, yeah. Um, the other thing in the trailer, saw Babu Freck. Babu Freck. Hey. From the Red Skywalker, little droid guy. Oh. Yeah, Babu's gonna be in um in season three, or at least one of Babu's species. It's gonna be in season three. So, yeah. Um. Also, John Favreau has announced season four already. He's writing it. He's writing season four. So we have um. So this was from I think the Mando Plus panel. He says, um, and this is a direct quote from John Favreau. With television, we're very lucky we don't have to rush things through. 
We don't have to rush things through into an, into an hour and a half, two hours. We get to tell stories slowly. So now, as Dave's do, Dave Filoni is doing Ahsoka, it's very much informing the writing that I'm doing for The Mandalorian Season 4. It becomes, how should I put it, more precise. Hmm. So it looks like there are going to be things in Ahsoka that directly impact the fourth season of The Mandalorian, hmm. which I really like. I really love that. Um, I feel like the Mandalorian is just the conduit for all these different series to branch off and interconnect. Kind of, again. and then we'll see um, Skeleton Crew be important for like season five or, or, or season four. Because no, because season, season three is February. Mm-hmm. Season three is February. And that's the other thing they announced. So season three is coming out in February. So about a bit later than we thought it was coming out. I thought it was coming out in like October, November or December. Okay. But yeah, but Mando season three coming out. February 20 to 23. They're getting Ahsoka that year. Skeleton Crew. There's a whole lot. Because it seems like Skeleton Crew is also going to be tying in with the Mandalorian. Because uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni were also announced there as like being producers on the show. So that, that's super exciting to me. Um, Yvonne, but what are your thoughts on all this Mandalorian gossip? I mean, now that they're writing season four, The Mandalorian's going to be like a staple show in the Star Wars from now on. I think it already is. It, it Well, of course, since the first season, it's been very popular. I, I, I remember that meme from like, right when the show premiered, I think we were a couple weeks in, but Rise of Skywalker's about to come out. Again, that, that era where we were getting Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker hype at the same time, that, was, that era was peak. I love that time. That was such a good time to be starting this podcast out. So, yeah. Um, what was I saying? I don't remember. <laughs> well, we were about to move on. You're like you were my thoughts from season yeah. four. Um, oh, what are your theories for season four without having seen season three yet? Oh, I remember. Uh, what, what I was saying. I remember that meme where it was like um, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Which is a fantastic movie. If, if, if you haven't seen Marriage Story on Netflix. It's a fantastic film. Um, but it's like an image of him going, Mandalorian is a side story. And it cuts to Baby Yoda, Grogu. In like, um, remember that, you know, that other meme where it's like the two women like yelling and screaming, like pointing at the cat in the chair. And yeah. the cat was like replaced with, um, with, with Grogu. Grogu. He was like, I am Star Wars now. <laughs> Yeah, actually, he is. He have, is Star Wars now. Exactly. Have Have you seen the um the SNL Baby Yoda sketches for like the Weekend Update? Have you I, seen those? I think I've seen one of them. We'll watch them they're, after the show. They're so funny. If you guys haven't, there's like I think four or five of them out now. There's um, I I think it's Kyle Mooney who, who every so often for the Weekend Update on SNL will just pop in and pretend to be Baby Yoda, and he has this like fake. Um, like feud with like Baby Groot, and it's uh-huh. so funny. He's like, Baby Groot, we are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my favorite things on SNL. But yeah, uh, go watch that after this in this podcast. So, moving on from Mandalorian, uh, what do I want to talk about next? Ahsoka. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Yeah. So, Ahsoka, I think personally, had some of the biggest oh. announcements. From this past weekend. Um, we talked about this on the show. When the news first came out. The report from like I think Deadline or Variety. Or, or the Hollywood Reporter. But it's been officially announced. 
by from the word of Favreau and Filoni themselves. Natasha Leo Bordizo is playing Sabine Wren in Ahsoka. We're finally going to see her in live action. And not only that, but they rolled Chopper out on stage too. They rolled Chopper? They rolled Chopper out on stage. The little homicidal droid? Yeah, they chopper? did. They oh. did. Um, and there, there was some footage that they revealed that they showed there. Again, it's not available here. But in that footage, there are two things, you, three things you can clearly see. The first one, do you remember the droid Hu Yang from Clone Wars, the, the lightsaber droid from the, the Younglings Ark in Season 5? Yeah. He was there. Oh. You also okay. see Harrison Dula pretty clearly. Okay, okay. The last part of the trailer is... Let me find the Rebels mural. This was the last... The mural of the Father, the Son, and the... No, 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 no. The last image of the trailer was this. Was the image that you see Sabine working on in the final scene of Star Wars Rebels. It was this. But you could tell it was in live action. And off to the side, you saw Sabine. Oh. I... I don't know if this was revealed, but um, I, I know that it was talked about at some point, but the, or it was reported on at least, the Ahsoka series was going to be a fifth season of Rebels for Disney+. Plus. The oh. same way they brought back Clone Wars and finished that story, they were going to do that with Rebels. And Favreau convinced Filoni, no, 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 let's do this in live action and make it an Ahsoka spinoff series. So that's what we're doing. So we're going to be seeing, you know... I mean, I, I think we all knew after uh, chapter 13 of The Mandalorian that we were gonna, that was the story that the show was going to be about um, the hunt for Thrawn and Ezra. Mm-hmm. And we assumed that Sabine would be there, but I, I didn't think that we'd see the other members of the Ghost crew in there in any real capacity. Yeah, I mean, Zeb would be probably visiting that planet in the, in the unknown regions. Yeah. Kanan is ripped. Kanan's dead. Yeah. And Hera is just off doing rebel work, but probably not at this point. No, cause... because like the last time we saw rebels, or the last time we saw Hera canonically in the timeline was in Squadrons. She, the she video probably... game. Yeah. But I mean, th- this is at least four years after Squadrons. Hmm. So this looks like we are going to be getting the full rebels cast. Michael's also going to see that because this also means you're probably going to get Tim Morrison as Captain Rex. No. He's gonna get so much work. <laughs> I mean, he he just popped up in um but he he did say there was a, an interview recently where Tim Morrison said that wearing the um that clone armor for Kenobi was his first time wearing the suit. Hmm. Or the armor. But I mean they wrapped Kenobi long before they started filming, so Yeah. Yeah, um Ahsoka cannot wait for Ahsoka. Um, no news on, or no updates on Hayden, on Hayden's rumored appearance in Ahsoka, but I'm going to hold out hope. I'm Mm -hmm. holding out hope for that. Um, so that's it for Ahsoka. Now I'm time to dive in some Star Wars animation. Oh, the other thing. We're not talking about any Andor news or Bad Batch news or Fall or Fall Order 2 news because I already did trailer breakdowns for Andor, which dropped yesterday. Okay. And Bad Batch Season 2, which drops tomorrow. So that's what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, that news. And I'm going to probably do a 
trailer breakdown for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's about all the news for that. That's probably going to drop Sunday or Monday. So I just thought you guys should know that that's what we're not going to talk about. Those three things. So you got to listen to some other podcasts that I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about animation. Start with the one... Well, let's start with, with the show that got renewed. Star Wars Vision's coming back. Yeah, hopefully we get to see some continuations. I think Lap and Ocho and T.O.B. 1 well, we'll excited for. We'll, um, I, I think in the next few weeks or so, we'll probably... like. You and I, because I know you, you really like Visions, right? I thought it was, like, I, if they can expand on a lot of the stories, then I'll, like, really come to like it. The short stories are nice, though. Yeah, um, yeah, so, the official thing from, yeah, but we'll, we'll do a full, like, because we have so much to get to in this episode, we can't, like, mm-hmm. go into all these theories about Visions right now. But, yeah, Star Wars Visions Vol- Volume 2 is coming spring 2023. This is right from StarWars.com. While there's not much to reveal yet, the second volume will bring together new stories from creative teams in Japan, India, the UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Africa, and California in the US. Hmm. It's going to be a celebration of the incredible animation happening all around the globe, James Wow said. So it, it, that's really interesting. It looks like season two, or volume two as they're calling it, is going to be less anime-based. Anime is... Well, I've, I've heard pronounced both ways. I know it's usually anime. Okay. The first <laughs> way you said it is immediately wrong. I have never okay. heard somebody say something so call- wrong with such a strong <laughs> way in their voice. You said it as if it was a random dish you've never heard of. <laughs> it's just animation Ed- but shortened. Edamame? Uh. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like Volume 2 is going to... What the sauce tells me. I mean, how... How many different places is this from? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think we're probably going to be getting more than nine episodes. Because I, I think we're definitely going to be getting some expansions and, and different, like, and some sequels to some of the stuff from season one. Yeah, I think we'll get, like, two or three stories continued. I hope so. I, I think we're definitely going to see... Uh, the ninth Jedi episode get continued because yeah. I feel like that was for the most part everyone's favorite. Yeah, that one was like that was a good one. Yeah, Ivan, if if if, if you could pull up the um yeah, the I'm Disney pulling, Plus I'm pulling up visions the, right now. Yeah, um, um, but I mean we we're gonna be getting so many other really great interesting animation styles, which I can't wait for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so visions. Let's see. The duel kind of ended the way the duel should. And end. and the but they have done a prequel novel. Okay. Uh, Akakiri, that one ended just like very sad. I think we're okay with that one. The Elder, that well, one's probably That okay. was actually my, my favorite episode of the season. So I hope it gets continued, but I'm also fine if they just leave it be. Yeah, The Ninth Jedi, TOB1, and the, Lop the, and Ocho will leave like specific cliffhangers. Yeah, I wasn't a big... Yeah, the, the only two that I wasn't really a big fan of was I really didn't like the Tatooine rap. Um, sorry, the... The Tatooine wrapped you all much. I, I wasn't a big fan of that episode. Um, the Twins, I wasn't a big fan of the animation style. I, I wasn't a big fan of the animation style of, of that episode. So It felt more 3D animation than like... I know it's still 2D, but... Yeah. It had that same feeling of it. Yeah, but I mean, that's really it. We have a lot of topics and we There's haven't even so started many. talking well, about the episode yet. Yeah, there is other stuff here that I think is quite interesting. Um... That, but we just don't have time to get to it right now. 
Um, so moving on from visions, here's one thing that I'm not that, that only intrigues me for, I think one reason. So talking about Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, this is a new animated series coming out next year. Um, so this is what's what we get from starwars.com. The first full length animated Star Wars series. So this is going to be like 20 minute episodes. Okay. Created for preschoolers, early grade schoolers, and their families, these original stories will follow younglings as they are swept off in adventures and start their journeys on the path to becoming Jedi Knights, learning valuable skills for our galaxy and the galaxy far, far away. The, the Jedi in training will, tap, will tackle topics of compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, and friendship. The new series will be part of the era known as the High Republic, set centuries before the events of, the, of Star Wars Fan Menace, and currently being explored in the New York Times best-selling series of books and comics for all ages, Star Wars: The High Republic. So yeah, so this is gonna. What's interesting about this is this isn't just for Disney Plus. It's also gonna be on Disney Junior. Okay, I can't wait to see the power of friendship work through the Force. <laughs> we've seen that. We've been seeing that in Star Wars for forty-five years. Um, but I mean, why not? I mean, yeah, it's good for kids. Like Star Wars is usually start them young. Yeah. <laughs> Really freaking young. Send them off. Send them off. We're going to watch Star Wars now. Yeah, I mean, that's really like... That's all we can really say about the series. It's it's for yeah. kids. I don't really have any strong topics on it. I, I am glad that it's full length. Like, it's going to be real, like, 20-minute episodes. Yeah, and not, not like, none of that 10 or 11 minute, stuff. Not, like, yeah, get that out of here. It looks like it's not going to be four-minute like, four shorts. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I like it's going like to be more... Um, it's going to be longer. We, we can maybe get to see character arcs and un- unfold in this show on Disney Junior. This might be the new Clone Wars, but watered down. <laughs> I mean, wh- why couldn't it be? Yeah. Well, why couldn't it be? I mean, I do think Bad Batch is the new Clone Wars, but still. So, all right, moving on now to, yes, we're going to talk about Tales of the Jedi right now. Tales of the Jedi. There's one thing I was going to pull up. Um... So, Tales of the Jedi. The, I, I, again, I'm reading this right from Sarah's.com. Two paths and two choices. Those are the words Lucasfilm's Dave Filoni used to describe Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, a new six-part animated short series that's premiered this fall on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so, here are some of the... So, here are, I think, the top five things that, that Lucasfilm wants us to know about the show. Tales of the Jedi will see the return of familiar faces. So, who will we follow in these, quote, two paths? Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. But like we've never seen them before. Fans are treated as stills and concept art from the new series, featuring both of these iconic characters in three distinct eras of their lives. Each will receive three episodes. Fans also caught a glimpse of a young Count Dooku. He was a Jedi, floating around the audience. He was one of them. And with a younger Dooku, we, of course, you look at his Padawan. Qui-Gon Jinn. Back in action. One of my favorite parts of the prequel films. Like, my favorite character of the prequel films. Of the films. He died by a cheap shot. I don't care. I love Qui-Gon Jinn. We more, all do. Like, we all more do. so than I'm just willing to say he's my favorite part of Phantom Menace. I like Qui-Gon more than anything else. And than any other character in the next two prequel movies. And I, and I know that everyone's been like, what about Kenobi? I'm like, more than Kenobi. I'd rather, as much as I'm really loving Kenobi right now. I'd rather be watching Qui-Gon Jinn series. Mm. As much as I'm loving Kenobi, it's just if I have a choice between the two, I'd 
probably pick Qui-Gon Jinn if the story's good. But yeah. it, it, but if it, if you were just telling me you have a Qui-Gon Jinn show or we want a Kenobi show, I'm picking Qui-Gon Jinn show. I see your argument because like we're getting the Obi-Wan one. It's really good. And it's but also like a Qui-Gon like, one of him we, disputing against the council. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I also think Qui-Gon's more interesting character than Obi-Wan. But and the other thing with Obi-Wan is with this show. Again, I'm really digging this show so far. I think episode three was fantastic. We're going to talk about it later on. We know where he starts and we know where he ends up. We're with Qui-Gon, we only know where he ends up, where he ends up. So, again, I read him not do a prequel, but I, I would, I think, prefer to see Qui-Gon Jinn's series. But we're going to get him in Tales of Jedi. Qui-Gon Jinn, back in action. Yes, the wise Jedi Master returns to screens as a Padawan. Exploring the relationship between Master and Apprentice has been a staple of Filoni storytelling, and it continues with Tales of the Jedi. Qui-Gon is one of the best, and in some ways, most interesting Jedi, damn right, mm-hmm. because of his... Philosophy, which is different from the Jedi Council, Filoni said. And where did he learn that, if not from his mentor, Count Dooku? This is super exciting to me. And yes, Liam Neeson and his son return to voice the fan favorite character. <laughs> the other thing this tells me is I can stop writing my Qui-Gon Jinn six-part Disney Plus series, which I was working on. I, I can stop working on that now because it looks like we're going to get that tackled here. Um, so yeah, look, so moving on to my all-time favorite Star Wars character, Ahsoka Tana. Janina Gavankar comes back to the galaxy far, far away as Ahsoka's mother, Pav T. The panel saw the debut of the Tales of the Die premiere, premiere episode, so they can see the first episode oh. at Celebration. It's called Life and Death, featuring the birth of Ahsoka and one of her first adventures with her mother. Gavankar, who fans know as Aiden Versio from Star Wars Battlefront 2, voices the character and made an appearance on stage. When asked about her involvement in the project by panel host Amy Ratcliffe, Gavankar commented on the tight-knit community of the Star Wars creators. If you're just down to have fun, you get roped into things, she said, because it's a giant galaxy, but it's actually cared for by a very small village. If it's a giant galaxy, why do we keep running into the same 12 characters every single time you... Turn on Disney Plus. Because <laughs> they're the characters we've ever established but, and they're fun. That's just a, a, a it, really big complaint that I have with Star Wars right now. As much as, I, as much as I'm really loving most of Star Wars, actually I'm loving all Star Wars right now for the last like two and a half years since episode nine came out. But we just keep running into the same group of characters every single time. Like expand the universe a bit. We, they could just pull stuff from Legends that isn't absolutely bonkers. That's... Well, no, but you can in- in- introduce new characters. Like, I mean, I love the girl who's playing y- Young Leia. I think she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She is unreasonably fast. But, and the other thing is Kenobi, and, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, they've not had any cheap cameos so far. Mm-hmm. There haven't been any cameos, really, in Kenobi, but... Whenever they reference certain characters, and we're not going to talk about who ju- just yet, they've the, the the cameos and the references matter. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so I just can't wait for Tales of the Jedi. 
I'm really excited to see it, to just see these two character stories, like, juxtaposed against each other. Um, do we know when the other Ahsoka, like, we saw in, there, there was a, there was a leaked trailer, that we, again, we can't play, but it showed, like, one of Ahsoka's first training sessions with Anakin. Hmm. Probably right after the end of the Clone Wars movie. Uh, and, and I think that was Ashley Eckstein returning the voice of the character, but... That just makes me super excited. We'll get like sort of this mini Ahsoka trilogy. Yeah. Same with Qui-Gon Jinn. So, yeah, that's really it for Tales of the Jedi. Um, another thing that was announced, and they've been doing these for the last two, three years now, is they've been doing some of these Lego Star Wars specials. Yeah, they're always fun. They're, those are fun. So, I mean, we got the first one with the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special in 2020. Then we got, this past year, uh, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Did Did you see that one? Terrifying Tales? Did you watch it? I haven't, no. It, it just slipped on the radar for me. That's fine. It wasn't, like, fantastic, but it was... It was I, I did watch the holiday one. I thought that one was nice. Um, well, it was just announced at Celebration that Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation is coming to Disney Plus. Um... On August 5th. The only thing I want to see out of this is a Stormtrooper is from the original Lego Star Wars games. The Stormtrooper in, in a hot tub. That's the only thing I want out of this. Do we have um, any like... Okay, yeah, so here we go. And I actually have not read this synopsis yet so far. So, uh, Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. The all-new anime special premieres on August 5th, 2022, exclusively on Disney+. Plus, With Weird Al Yankovic... And Yvette Nicole Brown set to star with other returning cast members from previous Lego Star Wars specials. Said shortly after the events of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, the special finds, the special finds Finn and his friends Ray, Poe, Rose, Chewie, BB-8, R2-D2, and C-3PO looking to take a break from Stormtroopers and TIE Fighters aboard the ultra-luxurious galactic star cruiser, the, Hel- the Halcyon. Hmm. But Finn's plan to have one last hurrah together quickly goes away quickly goes Ari when he separated from the group. David Shane is the writer and executive producer, while the director is Ken Cunningham, James Wow, Josh Rhymes, Jackie Lopez, Jill Wilford, Keith Malone, Jennifer Tw- Jennifer Twiner, M- McCarran, and Jason Kosler are executive producers with the special produce in collaboration with Atomic Cartoons. The Galactic Star Cruiser they're talking about is the Galactic Star Cruiser Galaxy Dodge. <laughs> More advertising. This whole thing, this whole thing is just an ad for Galaxy's Edge. For very overpriced rooms. Six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. It's just a Star Wars themed hotel with occasional cast members. It, oh it's God. too much for what it is. Like, it's cool. It's just too much. <sighs> I, I love it. it's Galaxy's Edge. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but this, Which, sorry, you go. No, there's no reason to, to drop six bands on a hotel room for two nights. Well, there was actually something pretty interesting about Galaxy's Edge that was revealed to our celebration. Or it's implied celebration. That I've been seeing this do for a long time. It's decanonized now. Is that? Yes. Yeah, what I said to you on the um the trip because we the whole Tuscan radio crew took a 
took a retreat this weekend, you can call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think it's from we did a celebration weekend, but still. Um, was I've been saying, you know, it's fine if you want to have the rides be canon, but don't make the park itself. As in, like, you can have the, 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 the town be canon, something that exists in canon, mm-hmm. but don't have the literal park be canon. Yeah. And what they've done is they've set it all in the sequel era with only sequel characters be, be walking around. But they announced at Celebration, I'm not, not going to pull, pull the article for this. They're adding other characters. The the two that I saw were Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Yeah. Good. Good. Diversifying. Let this so, be a space all I can outside say, like, of canon. As much as I love the first two sequel movies, I want to see more characters than just them. Like I want to see like Mandalorians walk around. I want to see a battalion of clone troopers. You know what I'd love to see? Because Disney can probably do this. I'd love to see them, like, create, like, a couple squadrons of battle droids. Oh. That's what I'd love to see. They don't have to be remote controlled by, like, a cast member close by just to make sure they're not pumping into people. Yeah, so... Logistically, it, it's... Like, one would be cool. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so we got, um, so we got to, we just have to keep moving because we got to get to the episode also. Um, so we're going to drop some of these two topics. Basically, Kathleen Kennedy gave an update on Lando saying there hasn't really been any real development on it since we've announced it, which okay. I think is a big mistake. Don't announce something if you haven't really talked about it yet. But they're still working on it and Donald Glover is going to star. Oh, I'm so happy. That's awesome. He did a great job in Solo. My, and I really love that movie, but Don Glover's best part of he, it. He's just like in, he's just so good at everything he touches. I know, his music, have, his acting, it's all have, good. Have you seen um, Atlanta on Hulu? I that is in my watch list. I've heard it's fantastic, it's wonderful. He is so good in that show, and he also he's also like one of the big like creators behind it. Yeah, which I think is great. Um, and the other thing that she said was Taika's movies next. Hmm. So it looks like we're not gonna be getting Star Wars next year, or at least a movie next year, because we're getting a ton of shows next year. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that Kathleen Kennedy said, and this comes from Empire, and I read the direct quote. Um, we're moving further, and this is about future movies. We're moving further beyond the existing sequels as we look to our movie space. The sequel era is what we talk about a lot in terms of where we're going with our movies, and just how far out from that we'll go. That's very much space we're concentrating on. Uh, she says that Tychus is next. So it looks like they're all going to be, all three of these movies, not Tyke, because like, Tyke's not getting a trilogy, but Tyke's movie, Rogue Squadron, um, if the Kevin Feige movies, the 2027 release, mm-hmm. they're all right now set in the sequel timeline. That's great. They should just like move the story forward. Is just what I say to that. So that was true. That's what I think they're... Um, I've been saying that for a long time, but I, I want these movies to move forward and not backwards. So now, so I'm talking about Kenobi. If you've not seen the first three episodes of Kenobi, bye-bye. Yeah. Like, bye-bye. Just don't, don't come here unless you haven't seen the episodes yet. Because this is like major spoilers. Major spoilers for episode three. So, um, but I love this episode so much. Ivana, mm-hmm. what... Do you have a spoiler in mind that you can shout out in like four seconds? 
Mm. Uh, I do have All one. Alright, so be gone with him, to quote Boss Ass. If you, if, spoilers in four, three, two, one. Quinlan Boss. It was just mentioned. Traveling. Yeah, he was just, he left his name there on a quote. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that later on. We have to drop some of this stuff because we're not going to have time. But yeah, a lot of this is just a one person's name with three exclamation points. <laughs> well, like, which one? There's Hayden. There's just Darth Vader. It's, it's, so, it's just Quinlan Voss. Yeah, I was excited. Obi Wan and Anakin. It's just, it's just names. It's names with so many exclamation points. It's very yeah. funny looking at it's all very, the It's very, it's very funny just reading these. So I was excited yesterday morning when I was watching the episode for the first time. Or second time, I guess. Um, I think the first thing that's super cool is I really love the way that we, were inter- that we were intercutting between Ben meditating with the Vader in the back to tank. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting that like archival audio of like Qui-Gon and of Yoda. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. He said Darth Vader. Being assembled. Uh, the audio description revealed that as Fortress Vader. It was, okay. it was revealed as Fortress Vader, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing Vader like sit on the Iron Throne. Well, like in Game of Thrones. I thought it was, it was, it was cool. a very dramatic scene. He just stood up from the throne and looked at Yeah, and I was listening to, um, to Rebel Force Radio this morning. As I was walking the dog do at some Starbucks. <laughs> It's summer. I can do what I want. <laughs> the, yeah, just get a latte while you're there. What they were saying, what I did, it was quite good. What, uh, I don't remember who said this, but what, I think it was either Jason or Jimmy, because those are the hosts of the show. Which, again, fun fact, I live in the same town as Jimmy Mac, which I think is awesome. I met him before with, mm. with, with Michael's, like back in September, which is great. Um, the, but the, what they said was, this episode felt like a co- like a Star Wars comic book brought to life in all the best ways. Because the, these images, and I was showing this too while watching the episode, particularly stuff with Fortress Vader. It's shot very much like a comic book. Yeah, it's in, just panel to panel. In terms of like, you wouldn't necessarily see Vader on his throne unless it was in a comic. Yeah. I thought that was super awesome. Um, that was James Earl Jones. That was I. I was, that was his his beautiful voice. I I want to hear him say what very dramatically. What? I can't do it. I can't do the impressions. But it's just, I I can't, I want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. I got a prediction right last week when I was doing the first episodes. The grand inc- and I think we all kind of knew this, but I I verbalized it. Mm-hmm. And other people, I'm not going to name names, called me wrong. Grand Inquisitor is not a person. Grand Inquisitor is a position. It's like a job title. Mm. Um, I think it'll also be really, really cool like, see throughout these next few episodes, seeing sort of the Inquisitors fight each other to try and get that Grand Inquisitor title. And I'll tell you this. Or a theory that I just came up with. Mm-hmm. What if Obi-Wan is not the one to kill Reva? Hmm. What if Reva's killed by like the fifth brother? I mean, Reva's not alive in Rebels. You don't know, no, Reva's, I think, absolutely going to die in this series. 
Because again, Grand Quizzer is still in Rebels. And people were like, a decanonized Rebel. I'm like, no, they're shipping them off did to you back see? to tank. Did you see the leaked Rebels? The leaked, I mean, Ahsoka trailer? Did you see that leaked trailer that wasn't officially released? Like, they're shipping him off to a magic back to tank and replacing is, his abdomen. There's no way he's not... You know, he... And, yeah, I, I, I think he's totally alive. We've seen people survive worse in Star Wars. Um, Fennec Shan surviving a gut shot. It's... Yeah. Um, I mean, the... Well, Ming-Na Wen has talked about it. The reason why she keeps coming back to Star Wars is because she was meant to be, like, a single guest star. And she was originally united in that episode. But then... Dave Filoni and John Favreau, they really love, like, working with Ming and everything. Because she's... Ming-Na Wen is, like, the total, like, geek girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... I see. Obviously, she starred in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for seven years. Yeah. And then she jumped right into Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. I mean... So, they, they put in a little tag at the end of Boba Fett. First little tease of Boba Fett. And then the fan reaction to Fennec... Is really what brought her back for season two. It's what brought her into the Bad Batch. It's what gave her like a supporting role in Book Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. People survive a lot in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to go around here and we'll refer back to the notes as we need to. But I could have watched an entire episode of just Obi-Wan and Leia talking. It was, it was so unnecessarily like that. It's like talking to a kid that knows you're like, you're a bit off. Like you're not telling him everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so trippy and you can obviously tell she's force sensitive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we also know that from the movies, but yeah, I, one of my favorite lines in the episode was when Leia's just, Holding out hope for one of um, Haja's guys to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And and Ben just goes, people are are not all good, Leia. And you just like get the sense of this is a broken man. Yeah, you know, um, this is a broken man here. And we knew that from the first episodes, but really that right there is like Ben has not trusted anybody in ten years. No, he's. He's just been living alone in the desert. Wrapped in the desert. When do you think he builds his house? At the end of the series? I think we'll see him get that house at the end of the season. Yeah. Over on the sands of Tatooine. He's going to get a house on the sands of Tatooine. He's also to look keep... over the boy on the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> I love the way he says Tatooine. I think he's, it's also, wonderful. he's also just going to keep like the lightsaber in his house casually. Because he's going to accept the fact that <laughs> he lost. Some people are going to be like, oh, he keeps the lightsaber. That means season two. No, no, no. No, he keeps the lightsaber because he has to show up in a movie. <laughs> Which... We can't just decanonize the the, you, pre, the seat. No, not the, the original trilogy. Do, do you want to see a, a season two? If it's a perfect ending, we leave it at that. We don't touch what is perfect. Because it's sort of the whole thing with like... When there was still a question, I remember the online d- discussions when, like, like b- before Solo came out. And, of course, we know that they're going to be Solo, too. Has it lost money? Like, you, you look at the box office numbers. It lost money. Mm. Because you, you typically want to, like, make about two and a half to three times your 
your production budget to break even and make a profit. Okay. And it didn't do that. I think it solo just barely crossed the, um, that line right there, mm-hmm. uh, of, of passing the production budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Von, if, if you could look up the solo production budget and then the box office, um, but solo is actually one of the most expensive movies in cinematic history. I think it's like the fourth or fifth most expensive film in cinematic history. Um, but there was a d- d- discussion of can Solo, yeah, two hundred seventy five million, grossed almost four hundred million at the box office against two hundred seventy five million dollar budget. So it did not make money. Um, but there was a d- discussion of if we do a solo two, each movie's gonna like the first movie's gonna have to end with, um. Han and Leia, Han and, and not not Leia, and, and Lando being on like bad terms because mm-hmm. that's where we're going to Empire Strikes Back. Do a solo two, it has to be the same thing. They have to like team up and then they got to like, or maybe Lando's just not in the movie, but I, I'd want him to be in the movie. Um, they'd have to team up and then also you'd, you, you no good double crossing swindler. You got a lot of guts coming in after what you pulled. You know, got to end up with that. So, I and this it's gonna be hard for the show because it has to end with both of them surviving, mm-hmm. and it has to end with Vader not knowing that Obi Wan's on Tatooine. I hope they they drew some inspiration from that comic of Vader just stepping on Tatooine again, and not sound, <laughs> and just not being able to proceed because all the memories came back. You know, I oh that could be cool. That could be cool. But I don't know. I don't know if they do that for the show. him crippling at the second he steps on Tatooine. Yeah. I'm like, season two? What would they do a season two about? Because you can't bring in Vader again. At least I would hope not. You can't only do Vader. You can't, you can't do Vader. You can't do Maul. Because canonically, with Rebels, you can't. Because that's, Maul learns that Obi-Wan's alive in Rebels. He mm-hmm. thought he was dead. Oh, Obi-Wan really can't leave Tatooine. He's like, I'm fine with like why they got him off of Tatooine because that makes sense with Leia. Yeah. Because like, what's going to get you to stop protecting one twin for a weekend while the other twin being in danger? So really, other than that, I don't see anything else getting him off Tatooine. I mean, he wants to do a grocery run, but that'll just, I mean, the only other thing isn't just watching Luke grow up. And that could be like half an episode at the end. You know, maybe he becomes friends with Pelimato and they're just fixing starships all day. <laughs> I mean, he did fix Lola, so... He did. He has some, some experience. Yeah. Um, also, don't you think it's weird he was able to fix Lola without any tools? Um, I feel like he probably had like a screwdriver or something. We just didn't see it. Yes, of course. He carries a lightsaber next to that. He holds a Phillips head screwdriver just right in these. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't looking for that, but I, I feel like I did see some sort of tool he was using. I mean, if it's a child's droid, they're probably like, supposed to be able to pop in. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the character Freck? I thought he was very good, like... Stereotype of the upstanding citizen that invite that invites the government. Well, yeah, so pretty much the the anti Ron Swanson, but yeah, 
I thought he was actually a really interesting character because what he he showed is like I mean his like bus I guess for lack of a better term was probably attacked a couple times a week by you know pirates and thieves and marauders. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's happened in a decade because of the empire. So that's why probably that was the empire. Well, so he probably grew up with bandits attacking his home, and then he just exactly. So that's what I really think was interesting about that character. Um, yeah, I thought it was super interesting there, and that whole scene with the, when the stormtroopers get on that transport, I was tensed up. Deborah Chow. That scene was perfect. Mm-hmm. That. Was so perfectly suspenseful. I thought it was great. And the other thing, people are saying, oh, this means Obi Wan was in love with Padme. No. First off, I think everyone is in love with, with, with Natalie Portman. Secondly, especially since those new Thor Love and Thunder man, stills came. I out. cannot wait to see that movie. It's gonna be epic, but like. It's not, that's not what he, like, he can reminisce about his past. Yeah, and just saying, like, I, I think him saying, I wish I could say I was your father just means, I wish Vader wasn't your father. You know, so, like, he could supply her with, like, an actual home. Yeah. About 17 minutes in the episode, this is a fun little Star Wars Easter egg, you get a little T-16 reference. No, because since the original Star Wars, you have the, the um, in that scene where Ben Kenobi is like shutting down the the tractor on the, on the Death Star. There are a couple stormtroopers there just talking. They're talking about T seventeens, hmm. and that's something that Disney has milked so much in um, in the Force Awakens. They were talking about. Um, the T-18s. Okay. Rogue One, there's this one like, T-16s are down, we walk from here. Um, there are a couple officers talking about the T-18s again in The Last Jedi. Uh, in Solo, uh, David Collins, uh, who's just um, a personality it looks from, was talking about, the, his stormtrooper that he voiced was talking about the, T, the T-15s. Mm-hmm. Was there one in the Rise of Skywalker? I feel like there might have been. There was a mention in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, was there? Right here. Yeah, right here. No, this is for The Force Awakens. Oh, well then. Yeah. Star Killer Base. Uh, Ray once overheard a pair of First Order members talking about the new T-17 while on Star Killer Base. Yeah, but... Um, they, but when, it, when I was watching the subtitles today and, and yesterday, they were talking about the, the T-16. They are like, oh! Star Wars reference in Star yeah. Wars! Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Just the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Yeah. I can't whistle with that low, but... Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is a brother. Yeah. We could have another Kenobi running around. O- Obi-2 Kenobi. <laughs> Obi-2 Kenobi. I mean, do you think that's going to come into play at any point? I feel like it's going to. Not not in this show. Because we only have three episodes left. Force sensitivity isn't like a hereditary thing, so I think... No, it is, because Medichlorians... Well, that's because Anakin was born. He was basically the Jesus of the Force. Yeah, that's but the I mean, the reason it happened like that in legends, like that. Does but you can like measure the the midi chlorines. They do that in Phantom Menace, and and even in um, 
I mean, that's one of the reasons why Luke and Leia are so powerful with the Force is because Anakin, his M count, as they call it in Mandalorian, was over 20,000. And remember, because Obi-Wan says in that movie, not even Master Yoda has an M count that high. Because he was born with the Force. Master Qui-Gon, I heard Yoda talking about midi-chlorians. I was wondering, what are midi-chlorians? <laughs> I rewatched Phantoms this past weekend. Good movie. I don't hate that movie at all. I, I, there are certain things about it. And it's like, this is horribly acted. But, you know, that's what George wanted. George was not a good director to, for actors to work with. Um, he made good stories, just... Yeah. I mean, George George was always more focused on world building, mm-hmm. I feel, and he was a great world builder. Because one thing I love about George, and you can tell from like documentaries and interviews, George always treated the Star Wars history and mythology as it was always set in stone. Mm-hmm. Particularly the world of the prequels. That was always set in stone. And it evolved and it changed. But, like, I mean, again, he didn't have a plan. Let's be honest here. George and I have a plan for the original trilogy. He did. But what I told told you is true from a certain point of view. You know? But, yeah. George is a great world builder. just not a great director. Um, So, I want to talk about about the duality between Tala and Freck. Because Freck, I mean, he's loyal to the Empire, right? He's, he's just an upstanding citizen. I mean, he's, he's not taking up arms. I to take a, take a word from, like, our real life that some people use, he's a sheep. <laughs> he's a sheep. Um, yeah, that was really interesting. Like, Freck was just was doing his job. He, was, I, you know, the, the stormtroopers on, um, on Mapuzo call him Freck. I feel, you feel like they're kind of friends. They're friends. Yeah, like he has a good relationship with them. If they weren't such a part of such a borderline Nazi organization. Well, they are a Nazi organization. Oh, well, yeah, they are a Nazi. They glass planets. That's George designed them to be based on Nazis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought that was super interesting. Like, Freck just betraying them. And then... Talos, like, no, I was going over there to find you guys, but I didn't see you. Which is strange, because she came out of the opposite side of the gate. Well, I guess, yeah. But, still. I guess Frank took them to a specific checkpoint spot. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what he did. Just like, I got some shady characters back there. You might want to check them out. I think my favorite line in the episode was when Leia's first telling Freck what happened, and he goes... That's a weird story. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just... so funny. That's a weird story. Yeah. Um. We got some. There were some gory kills in this episode. Oh, absolutely! I love the way they just that stormtrooper. Yeah, in half. Vader. Vader choke out a guy who wasn't interrogating him. He didn't want information. He just choked him to choke him. He oh. did it because he knew that Obi-Wan was there. Yeah. He knew Ben was there. So he was choking him right in front of him. He knew he was there. Killed him. The and second. then he snapped a kid's neck. Just just real quick. Just like that. 
we heard about, I think two and a half years ago, they were rewriting some scripts because they were too dark. How dark were those original scripts? Oh, I would love to see those. This is already the darkest Star Wars you've ever gotten. At least in live action. I mean, I feel like if you take some scenes from Clone Wars, put them in live action, they're oh a lot god, darker. The, the mind th- worm things. Oh my god, those... <laughs> ben was saying, it was like, the, that shit scared the hell out of me. I'm sorry for cursing. Yeah, it's cool, Ben, exactly. Um, but yeah. Um, so... It looks like this whole thing, the, the, uh, the path... It seems like it's more like an underground railroad. Mm-hmm. They help Quinn involved. So, I, so someone I, I saw on um on Reddit this morning was able to translate the Arabesh. Oh, I can do that. Give me a few minutes. Um, no, but we already have it. So one of them was there. Caleb Doom. Yeah, a guy from Legends. Kanan. His, oh my God! His Kanan. real name is Caleb Doom. Yeah, so Caleb, so Kenan was there. Um, who else was there? Let's see. Uh, uh, Valen Halcyon, Hal, uh, aka Hal Horn. I'm not sure what he's from. Um, and then Jin Altus. Yeah, so all three of them were there. And then I also saw it was um, somewhere in there was transcribed for Light and Life, which was which is um, a big um, High Republic saying. In the books is for light and life. So yeah, I mean, obviously Quinlan Voss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna talk about the final fight at the end. This is not the last time we're gonna meet, right? No, no. You see, Vader was enjoying dragging Obi Wan. He was toying with him this whole episode. Vader. I mean, we 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 saw very clearly. Obi Wan. Hasn't ignited that saber in 10 years. Vader does it as like a, I'm not feeling that good today, which is every day. No, I mean, how I took it, how I took it was Vader has been dreaming and salivating over this moment for a long time. I think that's the only reason why he let Reva do the thing she did. Because he definitely knows Reva just stabbed the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, but he wants Ben to feel every little ounce of this pain. Mm-hmm. He wants him to feel all of it. So I thought that was, um, quite well done. Like, and that's why people are like, why didn't he, why didn't he go through the fire? Really use the force. Cause he wants him to feel all that pain. He's un- unconscious right now. Mm-hmm. He wants him to feel all that pain. So there is going, there's app, like if this is the only time that Obi-Wan and Vader are going to meet, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. You know, this is a fine fight, but I, they've been hyping this up to us for like a year and a half. Like this is going to be Maul versus Obi-Wan and Rebel season three all over again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they hyped that up for like a year. This season on Star Wars Rebels, not only the return of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but his rematch with Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Oh, jum jum jum! That's all that happened. Yeah, but one thing is um, going back to when Vader was first entering. When when Obi Wan felt the presence, I immediately thought of the first time he was showed in Rebels. Oh my God! Yeah, 
That Absolutely. was, it was so scary the first time. And I'm just like, oh no, oh no. And that's what I really love about one thing that it seems like Disney's committed to, or should, uh, I'm sorry, I should say Lucasfilm. I feel like we say Disney too much. Mm-hmm. Like, like Lucasfilm is Disney still, ruined it. It's still Lucasfilm. It's parent company Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm still does. And you don't say that for so Marvel. You don't say Marvel's like, Disney's done such a good job with these movies. You don't say Marvel's done a great job with their movies. Yeah, I mean, we have to, we say that just because Lucasfilm wasn't owned by Disney before. Yeah. Like, that, that buyout's more apparent. Because mm-hmm. um, we knew what Star Wars was before Lucasfilm. And, or be, yeah, and be, before Disney. And so many comics, I'm, all of that. I'm a big fan of Disney Star Wars. I really love four of the five movies. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of all the animated shows they've done. Rebels, Clone Wars Season 7. I, I even like Resistance. I know I'm one of the four pe- people on the planet that likes Resistance. Um, I'm a huge fan of their live action shows on Disney+. Plus. Absolutely. I think amazing. all three have been solid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm just excited for that. But one thing I'm, I'm really glad that they've decided to commit to is when they're showing Vader between episodes three and four, at least in, in on screen... It's, it's very different. He is ruthless. You know, Rogue One, Rebels, Fallen Order, now Kenobi. Like, this is the va- this, this is, is Vader. It's in his prime, and I really, really love that. I, I think it's quite well done. Um, you just could see how out of practice Ben was with his swordsman skills. You could just see how out of practice he was. Um, and he was one of like the greatest practitioners of the form he used. Yeah. The years have made you weak. Um, Vade, and one thing I have in notes here is little Stranger Things reference. We're not going to go into any spoilers for the new season, but you guys will know what I'm talking about if you've seen it. Vader equals Vecna? I watched the first few episodes with all of you. I know what you mean, mm-hmm. but you're also wrong at the same time. No, I'm saying the, about the one thing Vader does that reminds me of Vecna. You know what? I'll give it to you. I'm valid. You're right. You are so it's right. Also current, you know. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if you guys haven't seen Turn Things Four yet, this first seven episodes are out. The last two drop on July first. I freaking love this new season. I think it's fantastic. I have watched the first four episodes of the first season and the oh, first you... three episodes of the of the latest one. Wait, the first, so you went back and, re- and started watching Stranger Things from the beginning? No, that was when I first started watching. I, I dropped it after that because I was just doing other things. Okay, you should go back and watch all Stranger Things from the very beginning. Even rewatch the old episodes. <sighs> Wait, so you said three episodes you've seen in season four? No, no, no. I think it was two or three. Yeah, I was watch- we watched the first two episodes. I was watching over it as like Alex was next to me in the oh, back. Oh, okay. That's I was down. just like watching it again. Like, that doesn't. I was kind of. It, he had subtitles on. I was interested in the okay. story. <laughs> you need to go back to the beginning of Stranger Things, Yvonne. It's essential. So, that scene where he was dragging Obi Wan the, with the force through the Viridium and, and the fire, that was literally just flipped from Revenge, from Revenge of the Sith, the very end mm-hmm. of the movie. Like, even. Even um, the screams I put down, even Ben's screams were reminiscent of Anakin's. Yeah. So I love that. Um, we're heading over to Jabim now. Gonna see more Jedi. Okay, now we're gonna get into prediction time. Oh, and last thing happened was Reva took Leia. Yeah. So, I mean, I love this episode. 
I mean, if Leia wants to be the Flash again, she can be. I, I, I think that's my only real nitpick with this episode, and it's super nitpicky. I think my only real, like, problems with this show are nitpicks, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. If your only problems are nitpicks, and I, and I acknowledge they're nitpicks, is how did Reva get there first? But it can be easily explained. Like, she, she took, like, she found it, she was scanning it, she took a ship there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, do we're going to see Qui-Gon pop up, in, pop up in this show? Maybe as a voice, not a, not a force ghost. I think we'll see a force ghost. Because they, so did you watch the prequel recap that they did at the, at the beginning of the first episode? Yes, I'd never skipped the intro okay. of the show. Well, it, it ended with Yoda saying, Training I have for you. You're old master. It ended with that. We've seen him trying to commune with Qui-Gon multiple times in this show. So you kind I'm not saying they have to do it, but from a, a narrative perspective, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's been being hinted at and hinted at and hinting at, and it's going to happen in like episode five or episode six. Okay. Jabim. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see Quinlan Voss? Uh, I don't think he'll just like stay there. He was... Um... But but they said, but Tala said he's he helps transport younglings sometimes. Mm. Well, maybe this is one of the times where he's transporting younglings and he sees Kenobi. And I actually rewatched an episode of um, Clone Wars today while I was uh, on the rowing machine because I decided to skip practice today because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to erg. The episode of Clone Wars, I think it's episode 309, mm-hmm. where um, Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss team up. So I, I, I just watched it again to like, be prepared in case it happens. I think it's going to. So, yeah. Um, trying to think. Uh, so what, do you think we'll see Cal Kestis? I mean, we can. We probably can. But we're also going back. Why would the Jedi write their names on the walls if somebody can just walk in there and immediately realize? To say Quinlan Voss was here. Yes, but there's no reason they should hold the mentality of a seventh grader that just wants to do something in the bathroom. Well, I think it's just say thank you. Yeah, but also you're all, so much you're incriminating all evidence. You're all the people you've helped. Just put your name on Sabak cards and keep a deck there. I guess, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think right here. Is there anything else I really want to say? Um, I don't think there's much else to say. The show, this episode yeah. was fantastic. Oh, I love seeing um, Fortress Inquisitorius from Fallen Order. I love yeah, seeing that yeah. with Nur. I thought that was awesome. I oh, I, I actually do have something. The way it... This, this is from episode two, not three, but it's just a thought. It's fine, I go have. ahead. From... The way Riva kills the Grand Inquisitor for power, it's the same thing as the rule of two and why it's a thing. A little bit. Yeah, because like... Yeah, we are like out of time to talk about the Grand Inquisitor thing. We'll talk about that next week. So, yeah. Um, we're going pretty long now. We're like over... We're like almost like hour and a half at this point. So, thank you guys so, so much for listening to the show. Um, you, can, you can go follow us on Twitter at Tuscan Radio Pod. Um, check out another world podcast. We're coming back on Wednesday with talking about the Ms. Marvel premiere. Can't wait for it. This next week, the first week, we're in live action Marvel and Star Wars on the same day. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be awesome. 
So please give a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps out the show. Uh, next episode is going to be on it's gonna be to, to, tomorrow with Bad Batch Season 2 mm. trailer breakdown. So yeah, check out that out tomorrow. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Rutch. And everyone. See you then. May the force be with you always. I have spoken.